bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Hello and welcome to episode 112 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and this week we are still talking with parents, vegan parents, about raising whole food plant-based or just vegan kids. And today we are speaking to the wonderful and super passionate Mandy Van Zanen, who is Andrew Spudfit-Taylor's wife. And I met Mandy, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago. And she is has been vegan for much longer than me. And I really wanted to have her on the show because she just makes being vegan seem as effortless, and not, not effortless, obviously it's, there's an effort in a non-vegan world to be vegan, but she makes it just, her attitude is so refreshing because it's so relaxed. And that's what I really wanted to share here is someone who, for me, you know, coming from an MS background and coming into veganism from a health background with chronic disease, you know, I'm constantly thinking about my kids as far as micromanaging their nutrients. But, you know, after witnessing Andrew on 12 months only eating spuds, Mandy has such a refreshingly laid back. Now, obviously, she's doing this mindfully. She's not doing this in a way that she has doctors and experts and professionals around her that can, that she can go to if need be, if her child or children ever have any kind of illness or ailment, which she does. She has the great and wonderful Dr. Malcolm McKay in Melbourne, nutritionist Jenny Cameron, all these people around her and her very, very, very experienced husband, Andrew Taylor, around her to help if she does have any questions around the nutrition aspects of her children's life. But they are both, having met them both, they are both thriving, healthy, happy, chunky, gorgeous children. And so, yeah, this is Mandy's story about how she became vegan, how she has navigated that herself and all the journey in between and including her top tips. So Mandy is an incredible singer and I hope to have the links so you can look at, check out her album and her singing work in the show notes here. So please click on the link and have a listen because her voice is incredible. And yeah, please enjoy this episode. Bye. Hello, Mandy Van Zanen. How are you? Hi, Corinne. I'm, I've been let out, so I'm great. <laughs> it's like being on a date, so nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go wrong, and you look very cute, and you can't see her, I'm sorry. Yes, and Mandy, I've introduced you in the beginning of this episode, but you have been vegan for how long? Tell us your vegan story. Well, I was vegetarian when I was seven, 17. I remember the start of year 11, so I was 17 or 16 or something, and I thought I'd, um, I thought, I don't know 
why where this came from, but I, I thought, right, I'm starting my VCE. These two years are important. Now I just, even though I'm a teacher, I think they're actually way less important than anyone <laughs> places uh, emphasis on. But um, and I thought, right, I'm going to make sure I get through these two years really healthy, and uh, and I decided to go vegetarian, and so I did that, and it was for that reason. And I still don't know, I don't know because I'm not at all vegan for health involved. It's it's a big bonus that it's for health reasons, but it's um I'm an ethical vegan first and foremost. Yeah, so I did that, and then I was vegan, a vegetarian for about five years, and then I took off overseas to go travelling, and I ended up in Holland where my family's from, and I just got I, I went back to meat, which is how old were you then? So twenty one. I turned twenty one there. So that math doesn't add up, does it? Sixteen to yeah, sixteen to twenty one ish or something like that. I can't remember the exact thing, but yeah. So I went back to eating meat. And then I carried on with that for a bit until the weight of the, you know, I always knew something. I always knew that there was stuff I was trying not to know, as you do. So I pushed that aside for a long time and then um, met Andrew and then we basically went down that path together, basically. And I wavered between dairy was my, you know, actually my family are cheesemakers from Edam, Edam wow. <laughs> like oh, literally. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I grew up with a lot of cheese and and, um, and milk and stuff like that. So um, as everyone, as mostly people do, I guess, in the West. So your family were literally cheesemakers? They literally are cheesemakers. Wow. Yeah. Well, they're all, all too old now, all mm. gone. Mm. But, um, yeah, that that's – yeah, I have a cheese mould propping open our, our door that is an, an original Edam cheese mould. And so when did you meet Andrew? How old were you then? 20, uh, 24. And now I'm 41, and it wasn't straight away or anything. We went travelling. We got in a caravan and we met teaching. We were both teaching at the same school, and we got together and ended up quitting and going on a two-year caravanning, teaching caravanning journey around Australia. Lived in a caravan for two years and taught in the outback in a few remote towns and in the cities as well. And was that just the best? I, that's my – I would love was, to do that. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was a real pain in the – proverbial with um getting registered as a teacher in each place because logically it's different in each place and oh it was just such a hassle the red tape is a pain so we didn't go everywhere we would have but um just because it was too much trouble yeah it was amazing and that oh that's right I think we'd ended up in Perth when we finally went right we we just oh that's right we oh I just it's all coming back we decided we'd do a um we were living in Sydney and Andrew got a job in Mount Magnet, which is six hours north, north of Perth and four hours inland from Geraldton. Oh. So it's really in the middle of nowhere. It's yeah. the Midwest. Goldfields, I think it is. Oh, it's all bits. I can't remember everything about it. But, um, yeah, so really, really isolated. And we, um, we got a job there and we had to – we drove across the Nullarbor and we'd found that – do you remember that woman um, – oh, what's that show called? Her name's Gillian – she called herself Dr. Gillian McKeith, but she wasn't a doctor, so she got in a bit of – hot water over it, but she wrote a book about you are what you eat, I think, and I found it discounted in a bookshop in, in Sydney, and I read it. Andrew calls it my fir- his first audio book. I read it. He did most of the driving because he just, well, we both like it, but he just likes these long rides. And so he, I read it to him crossing the Nullarbor, and it was she's a super whole food plant-based. And Anyway, we got to the end of this trip. To We arrived in Perth, and then um, we just went, right, that's it. We have to be we have to try this. And we did something like two weeks, super strict, like super strict, just from nothing, from like full like carnivore to super strict vegan. It was just like a hangover had lifted. It was like a massive fog. We were just walking around like the colours were brighter. It was bizarre. 
it was bizarre. And we were that was it. We were just sold. And then we and we before that we bumped into a slaughterhouse worker in a pub in um along our travels in um tea gardens which is in the central coast of new south wales and she basically she she sort of she told us a lot of truths like we asked her i was like right i have to face this so how bad is it she's like it's worse than you can imagine way worse and i was like okay this has to happen and then we that was really we were really really on that path from then so yeah and that person was still working in the slaughterhouse Mm. there's a really big one near there called in scone a place called scone spelt scone Let's not go down that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, when you want to correct people about how you pronounce their their own name, you you shouldn't. (laughs) You shouldn't. Yeah, I can do that. (laughs) So that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And so you were vegan then, both of you, and that was years ago now. Like, Yeah. Yeah. 2006. 2006. So 13 years or something. Is that right? Yeah. I haven't got that much clarity of mind now. I haven't slept since Teddy was born. <laughs> but, yeah, apart from that, food doesn't solve every problem. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So now we have talked – obviously people who have listened to this podcast will know Andrew's story and know his story about eating potatoes for 365 days and – his weight loss journey. If you don't, the episodes will be linked in the show notes. But today we're talking about parenting and raising vegan kids. And I guess because this podcast is a whole food plant-based podcast, we will be focusing a lot on the nutrition, but we may meander around other areas faced by vegan parents along the way. So Mandy, how did you find, as obviously you and I both have strong – I've became an ethical vegan. You started as an ethical vegan and then you learned about whole food plant-based stuff along the way. Um, and I started as a, as a health vegan and became an ethical vegan once I had Iggy. And I think for many people when you are an ethical vegan, there was no question to me that my kids would be raised ethical vegans but it is still a big well they're their own person yeah so you have to negotiate that (laughs) for the first thing but yeah uh, the same way i wouldn't feed my kid cigarettes it's 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 not food if it's not vegan it's not food and it's and it's poison like really if you actually read science that's not been hijacked by vested interests then it's it's poisonous to feed them animal products so why would i do that absolutely but it can be something for me I mean, for me, I was, as I've said before, it was easier because of my multiple sclerosis background. So family members were more supportive. But for you, how was it with just your social interactions when you said, I'm going to do this thing that's against the grain? Andrew and I are both very strong minded and people are very aware that we have come to, that when we make decisions, we've come to them with a lot of consideration and that we're very open to hearing actual facts that might contradict what we've thought. So obviously that's how we came to be, be vegan anyway. So we had to be – for anyone to become vegan, you basically have to – from having not been vegan, you have to basically be open-minded to thinking that you may not know what you think you know or what you have always been told is not necessarily the truth. So we're always, we still remain like that, but we've, we're yet to come across anything that contradicts what we now think about health and nutrition in that way. And so basically no one has ever had any reason to challenge us because they know they haven't done the work that we have. We have done a lot of work coming to the conclusions we have 
We question everything all the time about everything. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> Life is basically exhausting in in many ways because of that. Like you cannot, you, you know, we can't let anything slip past our conscience to the keeper. It, it just, it's, it's exhausting to do that. But it, it's also, I can't sleep at night any other way. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I, I couldn't live with myself doing things any differently because I know, I know what the truth is. I've seen enough of it to never have to question that decision ever again. And I'm just really super glad that my beliefs about not wanting to inflict suffering on anyone else actually work out for the best in terms of being healthy as well. I know. It's like, woohoo. Yeah. So, yeah, so no one really has – no one has really ever – people do ask questions, a lot of questions, and I know that, you know, people always have some some doubts. So when I was pregnant, or maybe one – I can't remember if it was when I was pregnant or before I had Teddy. Uh, we both, Andrew and I both went together to um, a plant-based doctor, t- to a GP, just to, um, who we knew was heavily involved in the plant-based world, the whole food plant-based world, and um, just just so we could tell our parents that we've done that. Yeah, and what did he say, the GP? He was, he was just like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's just really <laughs> – and we were like, yeah, that's what we thought. But we, we kind of wanted to just – it was a bit of a duh moment for all of us, but and it's not like that they, they were there or to witness at the parents or anything like that. I just knew the grandparents would. I, it's actually also our parents have never doubted us, but they they have a lot of friends who are like, ooh, is it, don't you think it, you know, don't you think it's unsafe for Mandy and Andrew to be raising their kids, you know, all that sort of stuff. But they know now because they're all experts and can just knock them down. Like I mean, none of our parents are vegan, but they've made changes and they 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 understand and they for the most part, get the science because they've heard it a million times. <laughs> poor, poor. We're very pleasant to be around. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I made a new friend on the weekend yeah. and he's not vegan. And oh, yeah. And I just was, he's like, I'm going to add you on Facebook. And I was thinking immediately, don't add me on Facebook. You are going to, <laughs> you're going to unfriend me immediately. <laughs> friend me and throw back through my posts what can you do it's a, it might be a short-lived friendship i'm okay with it he made me laugh it's fine yeah i just say brace yourselves i have strong opinions and that's probably why you became friends in the first place you probably had an opinion about something i was laughing about my childhood <laughs> oh, but really yes i really, know it's so interesting it can be a minefield yeah Absolutely. And so with your, I I am very similar with my family as far as outspoken and well researched and, and it's not an obsession, but it is like you say. I don't have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a problem. I can control it. (laughs) I I can't. (laughs) I can't. I can't. No, but it is. It's, it's because food is everywhere. Like Mm. you make multiple decisions daily for yourself and for many others that revolve around it. So it, it's it's just always for, foremost in your mind. You know, it, it takes a lot. Well, it is at the beginning especially. Now it's just easy. But it's at the beginning, you, you know, you're negotiating your own feelings and other people's You know, it's, yeah. And, and, and I think at the beginning, if, if, you're, if you're going whole food plant-based, I mean, for people who are, haven't made the ethical connection yet, I think that it's definitely a minefield at the start when you're constantly thinking about what you should eat and, and with kids, what they need, what their bodies need. And I remember just writing bullet points in my notes in my phone, like doing research so I had 
the answers to any question that would come at me. You know, if someone was going to say, where's their procreate? Where's their, where's their omega-3 or where's this or where's that? I wanted to have... All those a- questions that Omnis get. Yeah, I, <laughs> I wanted to know. Um, and I think that in the beginning that's fine, but like you say, now I just know because of researching. And if you don't like researching... Start liking it because you just need to. <laughs> well, you just need to have a little – people always ask the same boring questions. And, I mean, fair enough. They don't know. People that have not come, not gone down this path at all don't know. So, But they all ask the same boring questions. Like, no one's got anything new. Just just start taking notes on what they are and have a great answer for each of them and you're set. It's just – it's an unfortunate fact of being vegan, I think, that – you have to answer so many questions. Like you're sort of responsible for the whole movement. For, for, in, you know, each one of us is responsible for the sort of the publicity. Drawing people to the yeah, movement or deterring the, yeah. people We're from the movement. I know. spokespeople. Yeah, yes, so true. It's just a, a something we have to deal with, I think. And you're right, though. It's tricky because we don't go around to your om- omnivorous friends and say, oh, where's your kid getting there? protein from today or b12 or omega-3 yeah but everyone's like where's your where's your vitamin k coming from yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know i just feel like saying what are you doing to offset the um you, you, like the, the detrimental side of eating meat like you know, it's just yeah are know. you planting anyway, lots of I, trees to reduce the impact of deforestation on the amazon after your burger at mcdonald's so one thing I'm just going to make say now before we keep going, and that is some somebody now, if it's you, I apologize in advance because I <laughs> just didn't put the, your name down beside my little note to talk about this. Omega-3 is a question that somebody posted about, I wanted you or Emily to answer and I didn't, I missed it with Emily. So Omega-3, how do you go about making sure your kids get enough Omega-3? And I'll answer if you're like, I've blanked on this. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can tell you that I know it's um, more about the balance between six and three. That is more of more the issue. And I can tell you, I spend zero time thinking about it. I think if you, everything, your body is incredibly clever at extracting what it needs from what you get. People just forget that we eat so much more variety than humans in history have ever eaten, and we are absolutely thriving. If you eat, everything is more about what you don't eat than what you do. And like, if you're not putting, like, I mean, my kids eat junk from time to, well, the little one doesn't ever, but the big one goes to parties and stuff, and as long as it's vegan, I let him eat stuff at parties. I just, it is a blip in the radar when he has the basis of a whole foods plant-based diet that is extremely simple. Um, I don't think about any micronutrients at all, except B12. We all supplement B12. Um, And that is it. (laughs) Like they eat really healthily. And if they have, your, your body can, your body has the capacity to get rid of things it doesn't need if it's not overloaded, bombarded constantly with crap food, i.e. animal products and processed junk, obviously. I mean, I'm not advocating feeding processed junk as a rule, but it's just seriously, one party is a blip on, on the radar. It's just no big deal. Your body can deal with that. It's designed to get rid of, it's designed to be able to deal with a certain amount of toxins and it is extremely good at extracting what it needs from, from what it gets. I mean, people literally live on potatoes. They <laughs> like do. you just don't need to, you just don't need to. I think, um, I think it's a bit more important as you age, perhaps to take care of certain things like that, but I, I just don't, it's, I just don't think about it. 
I think it's a good answer. And I think Natalie, like a lot of people, like Natalie, a lot of the doctors that we've had on the show and Natalie Woodman and people, um, Robin would talk about that we have a big window to get what we want. And I think we have this because the back of our packets of big M, it says, you know, RDI, calcium, iron, all of those things. Recommended daily intake isn't the be all and end all because it's not really a day day you have to consume all of that because it's almost impossible to consume all of the things in a day. It's You have a bigger window than what we think. As long as you're eating nutrient-dense foods, you'll be right. As long as you're eating... You're not eating shit food. Yeah, all the time. Because that displaces good food. And then and then you're not getting you, – if you're eating whole food plant-based, you are getting what you need. Yes. Like yes. it's so hard not to get what you need mm-hmm. that way. It's just people really overthink it. And I don't blame them. I did too for a long time. I was taking notes and mm-hmm. writing down lists and charts and stuff. And then I was like, oh. It, Andrew, is, Andrew would just – I mean, I've poo-pooed it a bit. But Andrew is just like – Oh, that's that's Ill. <laughs> just yeah. He's even more like he's the one that because you know the mums are always the one to worry a bit more. I think as a rule, yes. is that really stereotyping? It well, is, it's fairly, it's, it's fairly, but. it's fairly, fairly accurate. Yeah. It's a stereotype for a reason. My personal thing, I'm, I'm, I want to get to where Mandy and Andrew are in my life, being less careful. But I mean, from me, I just. I grind chia. I mean, chia or flax yeah, we, or hemp yeah, seeds. Yeah, we put flax in. And I just put them in the oatmeal. Flax in. Yep. Yep. Or in, we put, bis, in cookies or whatever. We put flax in pasta last night. Yeah, whatevs. But they don't notice it anyway, just in the pasta sauce. And not that they – I mean, it, t- it doesn't really taste anything. So, yeah, it just sneakers. And then don't think about it again for a while. Put it in three meals that week and whatever. And then run out of the packet and not get another packet for a month and then start again. And like that's basically how we, we – that's we are so disorganised. Our boys are thriving. They're never sick. They're massively tall and strong and, yeah, it's, there's just no reason to worry. What has been the hardest thing for you raising kids vegan with diet and then we'll just talk about just in general? I guess just outside influence. So Teddy, we've always discussed with Teddy since he was pretty young about, I mean, you know, there's a, a long point at which – Put what you do is just normal to them and then when they start getting exposed to what other people do, then they realise that they may, may not be doing what everyone else does. Teddy has been really easy. He understands why we're vegan. Like he, he, it's logical to him that you wouldn't want to hurt an animal and he understands why or how each animal product does hurt an animal, like every every everything. So like we've talked to him about everything. He's just got a million questions. He's a really deep thinker and he's very strong-minded. So it's just logical to him and he is a quite a staunch vegan himself now already. And so he, he educates people. Like apparently he's in prep and his teacher the other day told the class, blah, 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 when when bees give us honey. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, proud mum moment. He's like, no, bees don't give us honey. They don't give us their honey. The bees make only honey for bees only ever. <laughs> wow. For themselves. Bees only ever make honey for themselves. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, sorry, Teddy, I must have been wrong. <laughs> so she – and she knows how we feel, so she's not going to – well, I mean, how can you how can you argue with that? I hate the word give. Give animals – give cows give us milk. Oh, my God, it makes me so angry. Oh. Yes, and if you're listening and you're thinking, you know, this is a – I am a vegan. <laughs> I am a vegan. Yeah. So these are my views, and it is tricky. Like my parents as well. My mum just the other day, she said, oh – we were at this place with tons and tons of tons of 
marine food and it really stank to me. Like it just stank in a way that was almost unbearable for me to be around. Now I know I've become a precious flower like my dad would say and they find it really difficult. If you're, if you're someone who all has loved meat and eats meat now and you're listening and you're like, oh, my God, shush. But for me, after this long, I've been not eating seafood for now eight years, almost eight years, and and I didn't think that it stank that bad. I never, never I knew that the fish meat butcher area stank, but I, it, now to me it stinks so bad. It is next level, isn't it? It's it's repulsive. It's repulsive. I, yeah. And I was the same. I was a huge meat eater. That night that I talked to the slaughterhouse worker in the pub, I had just eaten a steak. And so it was obviously on my mind that, like, I even ate that steak going, there's stuff I'm ignoring about this, but, you know, it's tasty. I thought it was tasty. And, yeah, it's so – the smell of a butcher is just – Oh, my God, it's so disgusting. It smells like I imagine a morgue would smell. Exactly. And it's interesting because it didn't smell like for, as bad once no, when we were eating no. it. It's normal. Yeah, but just normal. when you're not yeah. eating it, it, it stinks. Like dairy now. Yeah. Dairy stinks. And I'm breastfeeding. I'm still breastfeeding my little guy. And cow's milk smells like breast milk. Much more pungent, though. It's just pungent. I'm like, you were – I don't know. It's just – because uh, I've been served twice lately. I've been served a dairy coffee instead by mistake and I've had to send it back. And they're like, oh, can you taste that? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> How can you not? What? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I think that when you when you are still eating it, and like, and that's what I said many times on this show, when you are still eating these foods, you don't know. First of all, they don't know that they make you feel sick and you don't know that they stink until because you're just conditioned to that smell and that taste and feeling that way. And then you smell it now. When I smell that seafood, my mum said, oh, Corinne, God gave us the fish to eat. <laughs> and, and I – sorry, mum, if you're listening – and I remember – I was just thinking, well, that is definitely mum's lived experience. Is that? That's her values. That's her beliefs. Yep. Yep. And I don't want to say anything, but for me, it stinks in a way that makes me want to throw up. Yeah. Yeah. Where I am in my life and how far I've come, it makes me. And, and then knowing that it makes me feel so repulsed, it tells me that I'm not biologically meant to crave that food. Yeah. Same. Like I shouldn't be so disgusted by it if it was like, – obviously mind over matter. Some, some people will say that's just a placebo effect that I've made. It's such a big deal in my mind that it stinks so bad to me now. But there's more to it than that. Like this weekend I ate much more oil than I would. I was in Tasmania. Getting vegan food was super hard. We were eat with all these people at restaurant dinners all the time and I just wasn't prepared. I didn't have enough stuff and I ate like – there was just oil everywhere all weekend, and I have never been so sick since I got multiple sclerosis. I was this weekend eating the oil. Like I ate vegan, obviously, but I ate so much more things that were dips with oil, crackers with oil, things at weddings. It was just a big wedding party weekend, and it was beautiful weekend. But and I just thought, oh well, I'm at this freaking thing, and there's I, I can't get to a safe way. I've got my mum and the, my my part, my brother's family, and all this stuff going on, I can't just say I'll skip out for a moment and go to Woolies and get a whole heap of bananas and carrots. So I ate this oil on the weekend and on Saturday, normally I'm a mum of two, I get up at, and I've had MS since 2004. In 2008, I went whole food plant-based and I have had too much energy, if anything, since then. You know, before my 20s, I was just sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. And then this, this weekend was the first time I felt like that again. 
Wow. I, I normally wake up you know, with the kids. I'm up all night with the kids. And then I've, for the last, you know, eight years, and then I've, get up at 5.30, and I go for my run or I go with the kids or whatever's happening and I'm up again till 11 having my downtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the day starts again and I've never, like I'm always a bit, you know, a bit tired like mum tired but still overflowing with energy to talk and hang out and sit up at night talking to my husband. Saturday night I went to bed. I, I couldn't go out to the dinner with everyone. I had to stay home. I had to stay home and have a bath and I went to sleep at 8.30 and at 8 o'clock when I woke up, which is a real crazy if you're, you know, like my, my kids weren't there, I was still wrecked and I was wrecked all day. Like my eyes were puffy, my whole – I was so sick, Mandy. Like no virus, no cold. I was just – the oil, food. the oil, food. the food had destroyed me. It was the – even my, my tongue today is just coated in oil. I can feel it seeping out of me. Wow. Mm, so disgusting. It, it was the biggest eye opener for me because I don't really have I have oil once every now and again, or maybe once a week sometimes, but very rarely. But this was like you know from Wednesday to last night, a you know a bonanza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that reminds me of Andrew when he finished that year of potatoes. He mostly stuck to plain potatoes for a while after it, and then other gradually started adding out other things like just because he was enjoying it. He loved the simplicity of it. That was the biggest part of it in a, in a lot of ways. But um, once we went out and had, I think he just got pasta with, like he managed to find wholemeal pasta but with Napoli sauce. And it didn't occur to either of us really, like, especially him, because I was just doing, I, I, I didn't change what I was doing that year. And it, it must have had a lot of oil in it. And he had like basically kind of like an attack, like a gallbladder attack. It really affected him. He was in pain. And um, and it happened again a few weeks after that that he like had another oily thing, mm. and without knowing it was because he's a bit clueless about what's got oil in it sometimes. <laughs> like he's like, oh, maybe I could have that. And I said, well, it's going to be full of oil. like it doesn't really know it's, what I goes into it. I think it's because the, you get so used to not cooking with oil, you can't believe yeah. things have oil in them. Why no, you wouldn't can't. have oil in this thing. I know. Yeah, exactly. So he, twice he's made that mistake, and it really. It was like wow, you it's you realise that you must have built up a tolerance over yeah, a very, very yeah. long time, and then when you, you when you take it away, you realise just how bad it is for you. Oh my and gosh! How unnatural it is. Mm. Like your body's just like. It, it was good for my whole family to see me get that sick. Actually, I think yeah, I bet. because yeah. Stephen's always dismisses the oil. You know, I, I love you, Stephen, but he does, and Mum and Dad do too. And yep. I, all I changed this weekend was oil, and I was wow, I was like. Unbelievable! Just wrecked. I could not keep my wow. eyes open. I napped in the car. I never nap. I don't nap. I, even when yep. I had a newborn, I very rarely napped. And I, you know, wow. I just had energy. But now I was napping, and I just was. I was just so sick. And so, my, my parents I said to my mum, "If I ate this way for another week, I, I think I'd have an MS relapse. Honestly, it was. Yep. I'm yeah, I'm this sick. Yeah, by the sounds of it, yeah." Mm. But it's interesting for you, know, for people who think oil isn't, you know, people, a lot of people listening think, oh, you know, oil isn't a big deal. But for, I, and I've, I, I am 100% converted yep. after this weekend. Oh, yeah. It was just, yep. I was converted anyway, but I was just, I just thought, if oh, I God. eat something oily, I can feel my heart race. Wow. After it. Mm. And, and I don't when I don't, like that never, like eating, eating energizes me. Yeah. When I'm eating whole food plant based, yes. it energizes me. Eating oil. Mm. 
or oily food, it, yeah. it makes it's that makes you want to nap thing. It does. It makes you want to nap. And you can see when you watch things like... Your blood is sludging. That is literally what's happening. Exactly. Your blood is sludging. It's sludging. It's disgusting. I've watched videos of it. Have you seen it? Yes. Have you watched it? The Game seen, Changers, for example. Have you seen Game Changers? Yes. We went to the premiere. <gasps> yeah, oh, yeah. You were was, there with me. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. You were on date night. Um, I know. I know um, yeah, that, that I'd, I'd watched a video, I think, I don't know who posted it, but I'd watched a video of blood sludging that they'd done on a hamster, I think, and they, and it was, that was such a shock to see. You can literally see the blood slow to a crawl, trying to pump around your body. And then you think if you just do that repeatedly. I know. Ugh. I know. If you haven't Yuck. seen Game Changers, it's coming on Netflix. I'll put the date, but it might be on Netflix by the time you actually, yeah, it will yeah, be. It will soon. be on Netflix by the time this episode comes out. So go to Netflix, find a family member that has a Netflix account. Get their password. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It really um, they covered every angle in that film. They did. They did I such thought. a good job. Everything I they did. They, did yeah. they didn't leave any stone unturned. They, they didn't leave any stone unturned. I mean, it, I don't really know how they did it without feeling rushed. Yeah, they did such a great job. I highly recommend it to everyone. Mandy, you too. Definitely, yeah. Oh my gosh, the parts about the impotence, I just thought that is the part that's going to get men over the line. <laughs> I've got a story about that, but I'm wondering if now's the time to tell it. <laughs> oh my God, no, Andrew, kill me. No, don't tell me. Okay, I won't tell you. <laughs> but I will say from my own perspective, it has, it's incredible. A lot of our friends are like struggling in that area and mm-hmm. we are not struggling in that area. No, we, oh my gosh, no, we... Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it's all that or it's all. No, of course this, not. But, it's but I do so think obvious. diet makes so much sense because of the oil, well, because health. of the fats, of course. It's a, like it, there are there are veins there. Mm, there, <laughs> there are, are veins. there are networks that need to be pumping things through, and it's vascular health. It's it all is. related to that. Absolutely. And you only get vascular, good vascular health, optimum vascular health through eating a whole food plant-based diet. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that that's, you know, we have to be going away from children. But um, Yes. Well, that is children really. That's how you make children. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yes, so children. And, yeah, I think that even for our kids, setting them up to, to not have problems with that later in life and to learn how to, for me – and I don't know if we spoke about if I spoke about this with Emily last week, but for me, raising kids vegan, it's about like my kids. I'm open to them if they if I don't think that they will because they understand the ethics and the values and their shared values that they have as well, and they understand very much the health implications of not eating a whole food plant based diet from my own health and all the guests on this podcast who we talk about at dinner and all those things, but. I want. I don't want my kids to go. Oh, you know. I wish my f- I'd grown up eating whole food, plant based diet when they're forty, like me. Yeah, exactly. And having yep. spent most of my twenties in bed and dealing with chronic disease, I don't want them to have spent their twenties in bed. And if they spend their twenties in bed with chronic disease now, I'll say, "Well, look, pal, <laughs> Mum tried. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You can't blame me. <laughs> You're the one that went off to uni and started eating me goreng all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well. I've noticed with with Teddy, so our approach has always been basically he eats super-duper healthy at home and he knows why, mainly for the ethical point of view, but we don't talk about any food being good or bad. We talk about – he knows that 
animal products are off the table and he has zero interest in them anyway. He's never grown up with them and he's never grown up with fake versions. Well, when I say fake, well, fake version, let's just say that. He's never, he doesn't like any of the meat imitation things or anything like that anyway. Um, he's super clean. He's just a super clean eater. But we've never talked about good and bad food, like ascribed a value to it. We talk about strong and weak food. And I don't know how he came to this, but it has been the most amazing thing. So we talk about how some foods make you stronger and some foods make you weaker. And then give him the choice. Obviously, all kids want to be strong. They want to be strong, not weak. And so he has always chosen strong foods. Like, and, and he, do you know what happens now? It's so interesting because when he goes to stay with the grandparents, um, you know, what happens there is is their business, him and their business, as long as it's vegan. But they because, you know, they don't eat the way we do and they, 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 oh, they're really picking it up, but they're, um, they struggle a bit. So they sort of see something labeled vegan and they're like, oh, that's okay. It's vegan. And so he eats a lot of, well, he eats some junk when he's with them. We, we usually send him with something or give them ideas, but, um, he can eat other things with them and that's fine. That's, it's sort of their business. And, um, uh, cause he, he, I mean, he doesn't go that often anyway, but he always, always is, ends up going, oh, I felt really yucky because I had lots of weak food. And, and then he's asking for, you know, peaches or mangoes or he wants strong food to offset what's happened so a few times he's had a stomach ache and things like that and so he knows he has a direct connection between how he feels because he's such a clean eater he has a direct con connection and he just knows from experience and from being told but more importantly from experience i think that strong food makes you strong and weak food makes you weak and it makes you feel weak in the moment and it's so interesting we have no work left to do in that regard he just gets it because it's the truth it, it like happens to him this is really good. I haven't. I always say f food that feeds the good guys and food that feeds the bad guys because that, my kids like superheroes. So that's what. But the, but your way works really good as far as it's it's quick and quick and gives you the everything all at once. I like that. So I have, I've never said strong food and weak food, but I'm going to use it from now on. But it's. I think that it is so important. And I think when people say, "Oh, you know, how can you put your values?" Everyone puts their values on their kids. Everyone. So that's, of course, everyone says we're not going to do X, Y, and Z. We're going to be Christians. We're going to be Catholics. We're going to be meat eaters. We're going to not eat carrot. You know, there's people yep. put yep. their values exactly. on every yep. single thing. So it's not about that. But I do think for me, when I, as, as I said so many times, and I'm sorry for repeating myself and banging on about it, but I think it's an important point if you're just listening for the first time or if you don't remember me saying it, but when we start our kids out and let them eat, huge amounts of everything with no question, no caution, no nothing. And we don't ask them to mindfully reflect on how they feel or what those – and talk, have discussions, open discussions about foods and how they make our bodies feel. For me, I was 28 learning this stuff. You know, I'm still like this weekend learning this stuff, you know. Yeah, I don't want my same. kids to be yep. 40 going, oh, you know what, when I eat – freaking oil I feel gross I want them to know that now and they do know that now you know Iggy Theo had some jelly beans and he's like jelly beans give me a headache and he'd never had a headache before in his whole life and he had jelly beans and he had a headache and he's like I never want to eat jelly beans they give you a headache that's it that's what they do that's what happens but I just was tuned. like I yeah. feel shit I have no idea what's making me feel awful mindlessly going on with my yep. life. I'm so glad that Theo knows that when he eats sugary jelly beans, they make him get a headache. Yep. It's such a gift. Mm. Absolutely. It's amazing. I, I'm really, I'm so relieved that I know this and I have known this stuff before I had kids. Oh, I wish I knew it before I had kids. Yeah. I mean, I never put two and two together myself for a long, such a long time. Like it's just been a, like that, 
like I said, when we read that book across the Nullarbor and then we tried it, it was just the most eye-opening experience ever. Okay, Mandy, what would be your three biggest tips for people who are considering raising their children vegan? But they have uh, – look, if you if we didn't cover calcium, vitamin D, protein, all those things in this episode, we're talking about just in, in more generalist terms, but there's other episodes you can scroll back. Last week's episode, we talked a lot about all of those areas, and there's many episodes with doctors and nutritionists on this podcast. Please scroll back and listen to those if you're listening going, oh, that didn't answer my question. Those questions about protein, iron, vitamin K, all whole, you know, complete proteins, all of those things have been answered a thousand times in a thousand different ways. Well, probably not a thousand because only 111 episodes, but you know what I mean. (laughs) But what would be your three biggest tips to people who are wanting to raise their kids vegan for health reasons or for ethical reasons or environmental reasons who are listening today? Firstly, I would say the most important thing is, is what you don't eat. I think what you don't eat is far more important for nutrition than what you do. Because if you're eating crappy stuff, then you're displacing good stuff. And if you're eating only good stuff, like for the most part, like like I said, I think it's a blip on the radar to have a shitty meal now and then, unless it affects you so dramatically like it did you. I, I don't think it's important in the scheme of things to worry about things like that. But if you're eating, uh, if you have a baseline. If you don't have t- chronic disease. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't if you have, have multiple baseline, sclerosis. Yeah, exactly. Then then you don't, don't let worrying don't let obsession or any even any kind of overthinking about micronutrients stop you from trying it because it is just it's just an it's a non-event if you're eating whole plant foods and not adding oil and not adding sugar to that like processed stuff you you will get you and your kids will get what you need i just don't i think it gets in the way too often people obsess over and these are things that are create like the whole iron thing and the whole protein thing these are yes yes this it can happen that people end up with iron deficiencies and protein deficiency for the record has never been recorded out of someone who's outside of someone who's actually starving there's no that is not a thing it's a created thing by it's not a thing that actually happens to people in our people who are fed Basically. There's no protein deficiency ward in the hospital with no, filled with vegans and vegetarians. It's, it's ridiculous and it's been created. It's a marketing thing. They're both iron as well. Yes, obviously people become anemic. I know that happens because I've had that happen Me too. while I was a meat eater. Mm. It's just these, these are things that are created to stir up trouble and make you think that you need to keep eating meat. It's just so many calcium is the same you will will obtain your body will extract the calcium it needs from the good foods that it's eating if you're putting bad foods in it will get in the way and you may end up with a problem but so do omnivores like it's got nothing to do with that part of it has nothing to do with being vegan maybe you'll get more iron by eating meat than you would but it's the wrong that you would be being a whole food plant-based but it's the wrong kind of iron and it's it's probably too much people have too much iron as well that's often more of a problem you just don't need to think in terms of micronutrients at all if you're eating a like a healthy whole food plant-based diet just don't overthink it don't certainly don't let it get in the way that's my biggest thing tip one don't overthink it tip two educate yourself and be very selective and know how to read a study and evaluate study design so that you can, if you feel like you need to go that far down the rabbit hole, either way, educate yourself so you can answer the questions because you will get them and you'll feel demoralised if you don't know what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> like It's just easier to know. It's better to know. And there are so many good resources. I'm sure you've got a bunch of them connected to your, your podcast and start there. Absolutely. And I think that for me, educating yourself 
it, it not just so you can answer the question. Even though that's a, it's, I know you, I know that you're just just doing it a quick answer, but I mean, it helps you keep going. The more you know, the more resolve you have, so that you can just, you, you don't become an ex-vegan if you've done the research. No, no. There's no ex-vegans who have done the research. No, there there aren't. The one, yes, the ex-vegans that I've come across are... Well, they're easily, so they might, they might meet one personal trainer that says you need to eat eggs for your protein. Yep. There's and then usually they're like, more oh, at play. Oh, okay. Than, yeah. There's more yep, at play. Exactly. There's much more yep. at play, but often it's yep. ill-informed advice. And third, I would say you don't need to make food the centre of your life. It's just re- repeat stuff. You don't need all this variety that people worry about. You just need... like. If your kids eat the same breakfast every day and more or less the same lunch and mostly the same dinner or the same three dinners across the week, then good. That repetition, I'm speaking partly, this is partly from um, Andrew's point of view with, with his sort of addiction issues with or the overconsumption and um, stuff like that. But just you just have to keep things simple. Like keep think, make things easy on yourself and keep it simple. If you're eating healthy food, you know, we have, we've never had a time of more abundance and variety and we don't need it. We don't need to include everything that's available. Just eat. I mean, eating in season's good. It makes sense environmentally, especially. It's just everything. All all parts join up. So the ethical side joins up with the health side. Joins up with the environmental side. Like the animal ethics plus the environmental ethics plus it, it all. They are all interlinked, and you can satisfy all those parts of your conscience by just eating a whole food plant based diet. I love that. Thank you so much. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about it too. I mean, I've obviously thought about lots of aspects of it, but. That's been the biggest thing for me is just going, ah, oh, I can, I just have, I don't have this contradiction within myself anymore that I knew I did for years since I first went vegetarian and, you know, like I knew there was a part of me that wasn't, like subconsciously, I knew something wasn't quite adding up between the way I was acting and the way I was thinking. Yes. It's very difficult because we all want to be kind, but you really can't be kind when you're paying for somebody else to harm another creature no and ignoring it doesn't make it go away if you 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 just it's still it's still there and you know it on some level you know it you you, eventually you sort of wake up and see through the we've always done this lie and but it's always been this way and it hurts and i i I think that sorry to interrupt you but i think it hurt it hurts having that realization and that's why we want to avoid it Having that realization that our yeah, I really want to avoid that for my kids. Yeah, that our values conflict with our actions. It really feels yuck. But yeah, it, it feels, feels really yuck. It yeah. feels really good once you stop doing that. It feels, it feels like so good. Freedom and peace, and it does. Yep, it feels so good. You just feel lighter. Mm, absolutely, much lighter. Oh, I love it. I love it too. Oh. All right, thank you so much <laughs> awesome. for coming on the show. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Mandy, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. These conversations are conversations I love having with other mums. And I know we went on a few tangents, which is very typical of me and myself as a podcast host. Uh, I hope that they were all tangents that were interesting and relevant to you, but sometimes they're not going to be and and that just can't be helped. Uh, Yeah, I hope that you took some things away. I hope I, I really personally enjoy Mandy talking about strong and weak foods. I'm going to be using that with my kids from now on and I definitely love how cool, calm and collected Mandy is about 
ensuring that she's eating enough nutrients because, you know, as, she, as she's witnessed in her husband eating potatoes for only for 365 days and coming out healthier than ever, we do get everything that we need uh, as long as we supplement with B12. There's everything we need in abundance in the plant kingdom. We don't need to panic as much as what the media tells us we need to or any of those things. So obviously when you're raising children, I do like to be a bit more cautious personally and with my on my own health background uh, for my own children. But man, I've, I have seen firsthand that Mandy's children are thriving, gorgeous, healthy, beautiful children that are doing super, super well. And I know that they've got such a great team around them with Dr. Malcolm McKay and Andrew's incredible infinite wisdom about whole food plant-based living and thriving as a vegan. So this is your first time listening. I put out episodes every Monday slash Tuesday or Sunday slash Monday if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. I have a Patreon account with the links in the show notes if you want to support this podcast and my mission to ending all of the planet's debilitating chronic lifestyle diseases that are caused by meat, eggs, dairy and processed foods, salt, oil and sugar. And I would love to have you over there and part of my community. It would mean the world to me. If you could share this episode with your family and friends, that would be fantastic. If you could leave a kind review on your podcast listening platform of choice or a five-star rating, or if you could just leave me a friendly comment saying that you enjoyed this episode, I would be absolutely blessed by any and all of your support and messages and things that let me know that you exist and that you enjoy this podcast. Thank you. And I will see you all next week. Bye. Bags are packed. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road. Riding with you in the sunnier day.